0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are coming into the, the home stretch. We are in November. It's when championships are won. It's when teams kind of make the, their, their final lap to either get to bowl eligibility or get to a nice bowl game. And of course, in the, in in the case of Ohio State and Michigan, it's playoff ranking time. Uh, Also, a couple other teams got ranked, Penn State, Illinois. So, exciting time in college football. We're going to do top 10 power rankings. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the Michigan State stuff that came out. And then we'll do picks. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to look us up. Leave a review. uh, Let us know what what you think. Retweet on Twitter like on Instagram, and then of course, send me emails. I will read them and I will shout out, I will give you shout outs on the pod. So please do that. I love interaction. Uh, just love getting to, to dialogue with you guys. Uh, and it's it's especially helpful when I'm wrong and you guys point out things that I didn't know. So uh, that that's good. There's a couple things I wanna address before we get to the power rankings and the national top 10 and I'm gonna kind of do more rapid fire. This is a little bit ranty and I know some of you you, you don't like rants, you just want me to do to kind of go into this. Some of you you love rants and you love it when people get fired up. And I'm a little fired up. So there's a few things that I want to I want to mention. First off, I really need to go back to what I said about Paul Christ a few weeks ago. And I, I I still stand on my view that I don't think Paul Christ should have been fired until the end of the season. But there were a lot of points made. Joel Klatt made some points. Uh, I think Colin Coward made a point. Others made points where I, I thought it was reasonable. Paul Christ d- did take a smaller buyout. Than What he was promised, which makes it seem like this was less of a firing and more of a mutual departure. Now, I can't say that for sure. But the way that college football is going, the way it is moving versus the way Paul Crist kind of – he he was as a coach – it, it just gave me, and, and honestly, it gave a lot of people, I think, a bit more pause that maybe he was uncomfortable with where this was going. And Wisconsin was like, hey, if you want to get out, this might be the time to get out. And we want to make sure that we can secure our rock star next guy in line, Jim Leonard. Which, if that's the case, I, I still don't like it, but it makes a lot more sense. You know we're not going to really know much about Jim Leonard until next year. You know, can he be a good head coach? I want to see what he does, and we'll, we'll get a we'll see a, a good glimpse of that as he, they take on a an up and down Maryland team. And quite honestly, Wisconsin has also been up and down, so that'll be a good game this week. I think uh, I think it'll tell us a little bit about their trajectories as we get to the last part of the season. But I'm I am much less. Uh, rageful, Eh, that's, that's strong. I, I'm not looking at Wisconsin, like, like an idiot, like I I was. And even that's hard. I don't want to call people idiots, but I thought it was, I thought it was a terrible move. And I've come off that a bit. I I think it's a, it's an odd move, but it could, it could make a lot of sense given Paul Crist and his desires and his wants. So that's, that's the first, first rant. Second rant. Uh good friend of the pod, Jim Ebersall. He uh he wanted me to uh highlight the fact that Penn State, for the thirteenth time in 14 years, has a conference opener away. And I am gonna take a little different approach to this. I I, I totally agree with Jim that something should be done. No team in the Big Ten, not even not even rutgers not even northwestern or you know maryland like no team should get the short end of the stick in terms of scheduling like there should be a a very very objective measure in how we schedule teams in conference whether whether it's weighted scheduling from year in from year to year whether it's um you know, it, it's making sure everybody has five home and four away or making sure everybody starts uh, starts and then ends, you know, home and away, all those things. I think there should be some objective measures it, it, and you can't do that. May, there might be a couple years where you just kind of have to bite the bullet, but 13 out of 14 is not good. It's not a good look for the conference. It really isn't. What's also not a good look for the conference, and actually more importantly, I think for Penn State, is when the athletic director and head coach complain about it publicly. Particularly when you're not winning the games that you need to, to be in the elite tier. I think it is absolutely great for fans to complain about it. I think it's absolutely okay. Okay. And I think it's okay at times for the athletic director and the coach to talk about it. Just like I think it's okay at times for the coach to say things about Michigan, the Michigan Tunnel. Here's the thing. It's a bad look when your coach is addressing the Michigan Tunnel after you get pantsed on national television by Michigan. Like, don't bring it up in the press conference. Like, you, you can't do that. And then you're, if you're AD, I, it, bringing up the scheduling stuff, like, I get it, the schedule just came out. You've got a big-time, big-noon kickoff game with Ohio State, and that's what you're talking about. Stop it! Like, focus on the games. If it's Northwestern week no offense to Northwestern, then sure, talk about it. But don't talk about the Michigan tunnel issues or the the scheduling issues on the weeks where you have the most on the line. And listen, I thought Penn State played out of their mind on Saturday. I thought they actually put their, I, I would argue they put their best effort out on Saturday. But still, like, Just be quiet. (laughs) You have bigger things to worry about in your program than complaining about things outside. Fans have every right. And so, you know, Jim and and Chris, I know we've talked about this a lot. Totally cool for you guys to, to be like, this is stupid. Because it is stupid and it should be raised. But I have bigger issues when the athletic director and the coach are talking about it when they are talking about it. Pay attention to your opponent and stop making excuses. Like, the whole Michigan thing, you don't get to talk about the tunnel when you're pantsed by 24. Like, just, just, I mean, just lick your wounds and move on. Talk about the tunnel in the summer. But come on, guys. You And and this is my issue, my perpetual issue with James Franklin. He, he is a good coach. But he is never – like he's going to keep pointing out these little inconsistencies and everything. And he talks about that more than about himself and his – where he needs to grow. And that's where I get concerned. That's why I'm concerned where I'm like I'm not sure Penn State ever gets to – the precipice of elite. So, I, and maybe that's too harsh based on this, but I'm tired of after every beatdown, James Franklin is talking about something other than the fact that he got pantsed. So, I, that's enough on, on James Franklin and Penn State. For the fans of Penn State, totally agree. Totally agree. But also, it, and not that the athletic director and coach listen to me, but like do your jobs. <laughs> that's that's my, my advice to you. Um, last but not least, before I get to the, the top 10 and the, the power rankings, I, I need to walk back a little bit with Mel Tucker. Speaking of the Michigan tunnel, I do need to walk back a little bit what I said. Um, I still think it a lot of the video is ugly and, and even the potential swipe at a fan, not not a good look. I will say this. Michigan State has taken ownership. They've suspended guys. I forget how many guys they suspended. They are are helping the investigation, uh, pursuing legal action. It has been slow, which a lot of people are upset about. When, When it's legal things involved, I think slowness is probably the right thing to do, at least for the moment. Let all the facts come out let everything kind of – let let the police do their job, let let different people do their job. Um, I still think, you know, they're, they're probably – I don't know if there's been a public apology, but I, I know that there was one on Twitter. Um, but I, I do think there needs to probably be a little bit more done by Mel and by Michigan State. But they, they have done a good job following up from it. So um, – but again, I, you know, I don't want to hear it about the one shared tunnel. Like, does it need to change? Probably. Control your guys. It's a football game. I get it. Emotions run high. But it, there's no excuse for some guy bashing another guy with his helmet. That's not a Michigan tunnel problem. That is a Michigan State player problem. Now, is it is it wise to have rivals walk in the same tunnel at the same time? No. And, you know, again, whoever you – know, I think it's Andrew Anthony who's walking up. The, someone needs to tell him, yo, you got to chill, man. But this is you, – you've got – I I. as much as you can talk about the problem with that tunnel, I do not like it when people just sit there and make excuses for their actions. Like, sure, let's let's make let's make progress with it. Also, hey, own your crap. So that's that's my, my the end of my rants. Let's go quickly to the power rankings. Uh starting at fourteen, Northwestern again, they they let Iowa look like they have a competent offense. And now they've got to face Ohio State. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be something. Thirteen is Indiana. 12, Rutgers. I I thought Rutgers would put up more of a fight against Minnesota, and they did not. Nebraska, 11. They got just beat down by Illinois. 10 is Michigan State. I think Michigan State is probably, again, they might have room to fall depending on how other teams do. I don't think they're going to do particularly well with all the suspensions. Um, they're play, they're at Illinois and I think Illinois probably feels like they have something to prove, especially after the latest, uh, college football playoff rankings. I've got Iowa at nine again, great defense, not entirely sure what the offense is going to offer against, I think an underrated Purdue defense, Wisconsin at eight, again, not sure what we're going to see with them, Minnesota at seven. Purdue at six. Again, a number of these teams they've been off. Minnesota, uh, Minnesota beat up on Rutgers, which doesn't tell us a ton. But Tanner Morgan is healthy, and that's good for them. They're certainly more consistent with him in. Uh, Purdue was also on a bye. Last time we saw we saw him getting beat bad by Wisconsin. A lot of turnovers by Aiden O'Connell. Uh he needs to have a bounce back game against uh a really good Iowa defense. I've, uh, I've got Maryland at five. Again, they were on a bye. Talia Tungavailoa comes back healthy. At least we think he's he's healthy. He's probably not 100%, but he, he has a chance to, I think, build some momentum for Maryland before a really tough stretch that includes Ohio State and Penn State. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Maryland fares at Camp Randall. Penn State at four. Barely. I think I have Penn State and Illinois. I almost feel like you could put them tied for third. I do have Penn State lower just because they have two losses, but their losses are to Michigan and Ohio State, which is not at all a shame. And I I do think Penn State played better at home against Ohio State than I've seen them play all year, and that includes their win over Auburn at Auburn. I've got Illinois at three. They just continue to play solid defense. their Their run game is great. Tommy DeVito, you know, the upgrade that he has been at quarterback has just been phenomenal. You know, and I thought Brandon Peters would be good last year, and honestly he he did not do as well as I thought he would. Tommy DeVito has been phenomenal as quarterback, and he has really helped bring consistency and leadership and poise to that offense. And it, it, it's—Brett Bielema is, is showing with—he's developed his players. He's got some real talent at uh, on the defense. And they've got some weapons on the outside. I really like Illinois. I, I I would not assume that Michigan walks out with a win in a few weeks against Illinois. Just I just saying, I, I think Illinois, the more I watch them, the more I think, wow, they're—I I, I thought I wasn't sleeping on them, and I still was. And they're they're really good. They're a really good team this year. I've got Ohio State at two. A lot of this is because I don't think they can beat Michigan if they can't stop the run and if they can't run the ball. And so a lot of this is a product of what I saw against Penn State won't get the job done against Michigan. It just won't. They're not – Michigan is built for a team like Ohio State to, to force their offense to sit on the bench, to build up drives, uh, and to churn out yards on the ground and to keep their offense on the, on the sideline. So I do have a num- new number one. It is Michigan. I have Michigan number one, and I, th- I think it's razor thin. I think they're two different styles of team. But I, I don't think that I, I don't think I think Michigan with Blake Quorum, Donovan Edwards, that offensive line, and then the the emergence of their defense really might give Ohio State some issues down uh, when they play in that last Saturday of November. So I've got Michigan number one, Ohio State two. Illinois three, Penn State four, and then the rest. Um, let's do my top 10. And obviously if I have a new number one in the power rankings, I obviously am going to have a new number one in my national top 10. And my, my top 10 has really changed a lot. Um, I want to rant on this, the college football playoff rankings, but I'm just not going to. Um, I, I, I will say I differ a little bit. I do not have LSU at 10. I don't think LSU is the 10th best team in the country. I think that's just to prop up people. So, sorry, it's not them. My number 10's Kansas State. I know they've, they've got two losses, but they just flat out murdered Oklahoma State. And they have, they have been a very, very good football team. I know they lost to Tulane, but they have been really good. And their, their only other loss is an overtime loss to TCU. So I really like, I really like K-State. I think they've been great. I've got Illinois and Penn State just outside um, as, you know, as well as a couple other teams. LSU, Ole Miss, they're in the mix too. Uh, 9 I of USC, I think Caleb Williams continues to play really well. Number eight, and I'm tempted to put them higher, is Oregon. Oregon is just flat out destroying people right now. And I, I I don't think they would beat Georgia if they played again. But I do think Oregon's playing some really good ball right now. And I think they're a team to watch out of the Pac-12 if there's chaos. I, I think if there's chaos in the SEC and chaos in the Big Ten, chaos in the ACC, which I still think is on the table, Oregon is kind of sitting – they're sitting there – with the possibility of, hey, you know, we could be, we could possibly get in there. I think a lot would have to happen, but I'll tell you, I don't know if I'd want to play Oregon in the playoff. I think they've they've gotten they've become very, very potent very quickly under Dan Lanning. And Bo Nix looks like a different guy. So Oregon at eight, Clemson at seven. I am I'm just not sold. I think DJU had a rough game a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure they escaped Notre Dame. I, I and I know Notre Dame has not been very good. Um they they have a couple of wins under their belt though that should make you kind of make you a little inter- interested, you know. The the win against Syracuse at Syracuse, that's not a heart or that's not an easy thing to do. They beat UNC. You know, UNC is a one-loss team right now. I think that Notre Dame, I think that Notre Dame Clemson game could be very interesting. I would not be surprised if Clemson lost this week. TCU at six, it's hard for me to put TCU up above Alabama. I know TCU has a couple of really good wins, but I think they've also they haven't dominated, and I they don't. I just can't give them the benefit of the doubt yet. Um, I've got Alabama at five. And then beyond at five, I think my, the four are easy right now. And it can be, I think, in a lot of different orders. But here's my top four. I have Ohio State fourth. I got to ding them for the fact that I thought, like, I thought they were going to lose with nine minutes left to go at Penn State. And I know Penn State's a tough place to play. I know that Penn State was amped. And I think Penn State had uh, some good talent. But the lack of running game scares me, and the defense showed it's not as as great as jt2 and Molo, was. the defense as a whole showed that it had warts. They, they struggled to tackle the corners are you know the corners are not great and I, I think Parker Washington is really good. I don't think that receiving core is going to be the best receiving core they face if they would get to a playoff. Certainly not better than Tennessee, and I'm not sure that – I think the Michigan game, you might have some better receivers, a better collection of receivers. Um, so I will say, though, best secondary that they'll face all year, maybe, maybe ex- for the exception if they play Georgia. Um, but I've got Ohio State four. I have Michigan at three. I have Michigan at three. I, I think it is a farce that they're fifth in the CFP rankings. And listen, I have no love lost for Michigan. But they've controlled every game. They've, domi- you know, not dominated every game necessarily. But they have gotten up on people and then they've just bludgeoned people for, for 60 minutes. Like, I, I, I think, I don't think there's a lot of teams that can beat them right now. So I've got them at three. I've got Georgia at two. And I've got Tennessee at one. It's really hard to ignore Tennessee right now with... I, and I know Kentucky's not great. I think they were a little overrated, but they just straight up crushed Kentucky. You know they beat alabama they they have they get to deserve they deserve that. they beat l s u they they have the best resume by a mile and they look explosive. I think their defense you know it's not great against the pass, but it's also you know it's not terrible either. so i that's my top ten. Let me take a break, and then we'll do picks really quick. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I'm going to be quick on these picks, so let me just get right to it. Ohio State at Northwestern, a 12 p.m. kick on ABC. Ohio State's a 38-point favorite as of Wednesday night. I, I have no idea how Northwestern stays within 45. I, I think it's a it's a rough matchup for Northwestern. I know it's at Evanston. Evan Hall might get a little bit of run here because I think you know it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State does against Northwestern's running game. I think Evan Hall is a is a good back. I think Peter Skronsky obviously is a really good tackle, but it's gonna I think it's gonna be rough. I think Ohio State's gonna really try to exercise the ground game to try to prove to themselves that they can run the ball. I expect a big day out of Travion Henderson. Uh, 200, 200 yards, a um, couple touchdowns. I think I think it's going to be a big day for the running game. I think C, I think C.J. Stroud and the rest of the offense will be out of that game by the end of the third quarter. I think 52-7 to Ohio State over Northwestern. 12 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. We've got Minnesota at Nebraska. Minnesota is a 16-point favorite. I think I think Minnesota with Tanner Morgan, if they don't have kind of one of those uh-oh games that they've tended to have under P.J. Fleck, I do think Minnesota wins this. I think there's a similar script to follow from the Illinois game, uh, Illinois-Nebraska hit them with the run with Mo Ibrahim, play action pass, let your defense kind of limit Nebraska. I don't think – Minnesota's defense is clearly not as good as Illinois' but I do think that running game is comparable. And so I think Minnesota, Minnesota wins, I'll say 31-20. to 20. I don't think Minnesota covers. I think, again, I think Nebraska tries hard. I think Mickey Joseph is doing what he can. But ultimately, I think Minnesota gets the W on the road uh, in Lincoln. Also, 12 p.m. uh, kickoff on the Fox Sports, uh, on FS1, excuse me. Iowa at Purdue. Purdue is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Aiden O'Connell does really well. Uh, it, 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 he he has games where he does really well, but then he also has games where he just kind of implodes. I I would not be surprised if this is a game that Iowa turns Aiden O'Connell over a couple times. It happened against Wisconsin last week, and I don't think Purdue's gonna be able to run the ball all that effectively. And I I think Iowa just they're they're finding their groove a little bit. I I, I don't think they're you know, they're not a high-flying offense, but I think they found their groove a little bit, and I know that Charlie Jones, you know, former Iowa receiver, he's been really good. I just don't think Iowa's going to get beat over the top. I think Iowa wins in a in a close game. Uh, I got 21-17 Iowa over Purdue, and I think in a, in a lot of ways, if Purdue loses that game, I think it's very possible that. Illinois is kind of in the clear. Uh, obviously, the big game next week, Illinois-Purdue, that will probably be the game that determines the West, but I think Purdue might lose this week. I, I, I'm calling Purdue to lose this week, which makes it almost a sure thing that Illinois is going to the Big Ten championship game. Maryland at Wisconsin, 12 p.m. kick uh, on the Big Ten network. Uh, t- these two teams are just very confusing to me. Wisconsin, I think, could come out and smoke Maryland or they could come out and fumble the ball uh, away. I think Maryland could come out and smoke Wisconsin or they could turn the ball over five times and Wisconsin wins by by 28. I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm going to assume with Talia Tungavailoa back, they get some of their explosiveness back and i think they beat wisconsin on the road which i th- i think that gives them a real shot at 9 and 3 for the season because if they w- if they beat wisconsin they play at penn state i think that's probably a loss they play ohio state at home that's probably a loss but then they get rutgers i think Tunga Viola uh, gets it done at wisconsin I, wisconsin's a 5 point favorite a big part of that is the, is the home field advantage, but I I really I, I like Maryland to win this game. 28-24, Maryland wins. Close game, but I think they, they get Graham Mertz to to turn the ball over a couple times. I think uh, the emergence of Hemby at running back is, is going to be big for them. Um, if they can run against the Badgers, that's going to really make things a lot easier for that passing attack. 3.30 kick on ABC, number 15, Penn State at Indiana. It's on the road. It's after a loss. These are games where Franklin gets into trouble for Penn State. And Indiana, you know, Indiana has won games it shouldn't. They beat Illinois. They beat Western Kentucky. You know, Connor Bazalack has moments where you're like, oh, he's he's not bad. They have a, a receiver camper who's been really good for them. I... I I think if Penn State's defense plays the way it did this past weekend, I just don't think Indiana can hang. So I think it's closer. Penn State's a 14-point favorite. I'm going to go 31-21. I think Indiana is close with them at the half. I think there's a bit of sleepwalking, but then Penn State turns it on the second half and they, they walk out with a win, walk out at 7-2. Michigan State at number 16, Illinois. It's a 330 kick on the Big Ten network. Illinois is a 16 and a half point favorite. They'll cover. Michigan State has a lot of guys out. I think Illinois is on a roll right now. And I, I think Illinois' offense, and I, I know their offense has not been what's propelled them. It's been the defense. But the way DeVito's throwing the ball, the way he's running it, the way Chase Brown's running it, you've got Bryant and Washington and uh, Isaiah Williams, all those guys, I think are going to give Michigan State's defensive backs issues. And I just don't know how Michigan State is gonna is gonna score. Right? Like, I, I think that's gonna be really tough for the Spartans. I got Illinois 31, Michigan State seven. I think it's gonna be a beatdown. Uh it's in Champaign in Illinois, and I think it's gonna be a rough game for them. 730 kick on the Big Ten network, number five, Michigan at Rutgers. Uh I think Michigan's going bo- is just going to slowly bludgeon them to death. Michigan is a 26 point 26point fa- favorite. I think they win 38 to three. Like I think they will easily cover. I don't think Rutgers could do much on offense. I think that's, that's a tough defense for them to score on. Uh, real quick, the the last game I will pick, because I feel like I just have to, it's the, the two of the top three teams in the country. And it's number one Tennessee at number three Georgia, three thirty p.m. CBS. Georgia is an eight-point favorite. It is at Georgia. I think I am very. I I think in my mind I would pick Georgia. They, you know, their defense is really good. They have a really good secondary. You know, Keeley Ringo and those boys are just nasty. Chris Smith at safety is nasty. Georgia can run. Uh, Georgia can really run the ball. Um, I am concerned about Stetson Bennett. He is good, and I, I said I was going to stop doubting Georgia. In my heart, I think Tennessee has the, the type of offense to give Georgia fits. And if Tennessee can force Stetson Bennett to have to be the hero of the game, I don't think that's what he's good at. I think Bennett's good at managing the game. I think he's good at uh you know, being a uh I, I hate the game manager label because that makes it sound like he's not a playmaker. He makes great plays, he can run, but I just don't think He is built to be a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or a Hendon Hooker. I'm going to go against my head. I'm picking Tennessee to win. I think Tennessee wins. I think they take control of the SEC East. I've got 37 to 27 close into the fourth quarter. And I think Tennessee will be unequivocally the number one team in the college football playoff rankings next week. So that's, those are my picks. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Take care. God bless.